Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. Today, we are celebrating the opening fishing weekend here in Wisconsin with a message called Find Your Lake. The world is full of fish that need to be shown the love of Jesus. Pastor CJ encourages us to never quit, never give up, and never throw in the towel, even when the fish aren't biting. Jesus is calling us to let down our nets. Are you ready to go fishing? We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, I want to talk to you today about find your lake. And when I say find your lake, I'm not talking about Carl Lake. I'm not talking about Steve Lake. I'm not talking about Allison Lake, now Anderson Lake. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about those lake or Gale Lake. I'm talking about find your lake. How many of you know that we all have our particular lakes that we like to go fishing at, especially opening day, right? We all have our particular lakes we like to go to. You know, we got our place where we like to go to. We got uh, our place where, man, we're not letting anybody know where we're going. How many can relate to what I'm saying? I have my favorite tree spot for the deer, my tree stand. Nobody's going to know my tree spot or my tree stand. How many knows I got my favorite spot for fishing? Last year I caught this huge muskie at this place, so I'm going back that same place, and I'm not telling you where I'm going. Amen? But how many know that you tell one person, they tell another, and before you get to your spot, they're already there. Amen? So you got that particular thing. I'm not telling anybody about my spot. I'm not going to tell anybody where I'm going. The day before you go fishing, you're all psyched up thinking about the big one that you're going to catch. How many can relate what I'm saying? If you're anything like Jeremiah, Jeremiah sleeps with his fishing pole instead of back. Amen? And so here, I'm dreaming of my pole. Man, what happened to you, Beck? Amen? And so here Jeremiah is already thinking about this big fish before he gets it. And I kid you not, I think Jeremiah stocks fish. And I think he puts them in a net, and then when he goes out there, he just throws it where the net's at, and he catches it. Because he's lucky. He's, that guy must carry a rabbit's foot around. Because I don't know. I, I go with him, and he always catches fish. But, you know, we're always ready thinking about the big one. We're thinking about catching the bigger one than our friends. We think about catching it bigger than other or your, or your dad or even, even your brother. Well, here, let me tell you something. We have the queen of fishing today in our midst today. We have the queen of fishing in our midst. I kid you not. We have one that outdid, outdid, outcaught the guys. So, guys, I'm going to tell you something. you got a lot of work to do. This girl outcaught you, and that girl is Lauren. Lauren outbeat. Look at that bad boy. Check that bad boy out. And she beat Jeremiah by 1.1 ounce, and she beat him. Amen. And so, look at that. She's the queen of fishing today. Amen. So, I'll tell you, she got the biggest one. She can say she got bragging rights. But also, we look for the biggest one so we can put it on the wall. So it can become a trophy, right? So if you go to some people's house, you go like the Gander Mountain, if you go to Bass Pro, or, or if you go to my brother-in-law's place, he has the Outdoorsman there in Illinois. And if you go to the Outdoorsman, he's got all these fish, he's got all these elk heads, he's got deer heads all over the wall. And they're always trophies, like, I got that bad boy. And so we always look for fish that we can show off, right? So otherwise, what's the sense of going fishing? But there are certain kind of fish that we like. And if you here in Wisconsin and Minnesota, people love to catch. They love to catch. And I don't believe in them, but they love to catch walleye. You know, they, they love to catch walleye. Look at that bad boy. Amen. I don't believe that walleye exist. I've been fishing all along. I went to Lake Malax in Minnesota, where it's supposed to be the fishing capital of the world for walleye. I think I got a, a walleye repellent. 
Don't take me fishing walleye. If you think you're going to take me fishing walleye, say, Pastor CJ, I'll take you to catch walleye. No, you won't. Because I went with the best of the best, and I come up empty. But we like walleye because they're what? They're good eating. They're good fighting fish. They get big in size. And we like those type of fish. And they're like a lot of times when you go to people's house, what's the majority of the fish that hang on the wall? It's a walleye. It's always the walleye or the northern or the muskie. But the majority of it is, is always a walleye. It's because it's a trophy fish. People like that. They're good fighting fish. It's a trophy. Another fish that people like to catch here is they like to catch bass. Why do we like to catch bass? Look at that. She's showing off her fish again. Why do we like to catch bass? Because bass do what? They fight. They really fight. Amen? And they fight because, man, they're, they're fun to reel in. If you're anything like me, I love taking my grandkids out. I kid you not. I take my grandkids out, and when I take them out, I loosen up my, my uh, tension or my, my drag on my rod. And so when I throw that bad boy out there and I get a bite, all of a sudden that fish is taken off on my drag. My grandkids, Papa, we got a big one. Oh, yeah, we got a big one. Before you know it, I reel it in. It's only that big, but it's big. It's big, but it's fun to catch grandkids. They love it. Think, Papa, I got a big one. I got my little Charlie Brown fishing pole, you know, barely can pull it in. But they think it's great. But we love to catch a bass because, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's colorful. They fight good. But then another one that this is more my style, okay? This is more me, my pace, my, my speed. I love to catch sunfish. I love to catch sunfish because you know why? There's so many of them. And if you're anything like me, I get impatient after five minutes. Amen? I mean, if I don't catch a fish, forget it. I don't believe there's fish in the lake. I want to take a thing of dynamite and throw it, and maybe they'll come up to the top. But I want to catch them. And a lot of times when you go to lakes, lakes are always full of sunfish and bluegill, right? And they're easy to catch, right? So I'll take out a worm and catch those bad boys, and I'll fish my heart's content. And one time, man, I kid you not, one time I, I caught them, I was catching them like crazy over on Kadat Lake where my cabin's at in Voyager. And I, I, I had this little pumpkin little sun, about, about that big, right? And so I, I threw it out there on, on Kadat, and I'm on, the, I'm on the dock. And this is no kidding. I'm on the dock. My wife's over here sitting in a lawn chair reading the book. And behind me, thank God, there was a pontoon boat, all right? So here I'm on the dock, and I'm getting tired of catching these sunfish all the time. So, Sue, what, Debbie, what happened was I threw it out there, and I thought, man, I'm going to just put that little sunfish out there and leave it, right? So I start to reel it in. No kidding. True story. Start to reel it in, Steve. And next thing you know, I'm watching this little pumpkin seed coming in. It's still little life into it a little bit and all of a sudden I see Jaws and I kid you not I'm watching it and all of a sudden this northern jumped out of the water it looked like a shark to me it scared the fire out of me I threw back I fell into the pontoon next to me and I'm hanging upside down like this my legs are on the rails and I'm in the pontoon my wife is cracking up she fell out of her chair I kid you not if she was here, she'll tell you the story. And I'm thinking, she said, what happened? I said, I just saw Jaws. It just took my fish. And that thing went under the dock. It was under my feet. Scared the fire out of me. But I catch those little ones because they're fun to catch, and there's a lot of them. But, you know, we have our certain fishes. But what about this fish, the carp? A lot of people don't like catching the carp. To me, carp is like dark meat for chicken. You know, you get white meat. I'm not a white meat lover because it's too dry for me. But you give me the dark meat with a little bit of juice, amen? Uh, that's what a carp is like. They're bottom feeders. And what happens with a carp, they're bottom feeders. They eat all the junk, right? They're the cleaners, right? And so a lot of times we don't like carp. So what do we do with carp? 
we usually, like a lot of times, we discard of them, right? We throw them back, we throw them on the bank, or we give them away or whatever because we don't like them because of what they represent. They represent the dirt, the grime, the mess. They eat all the garbage stuff that they're not supposed to eat or we're not supposed to eat. So we don't like the carp. And so because we don't like them, we don't like to catch them. But what about this one, the dogfish? The first time I ever caught a dogfish, it scared the fire out of me. I thought it was some prehistoric fish. Have you ever caught a dogfish? Look at the scales on the, or the fins on that thing. It runs all the way down its back. And when I caught that bad boy, I didn't even know how to take it off the hook. I got kept getting point, uh, poked from, the, from the, 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 skill or the scales or and the fins. And a lot of times they're the ugliest, they're the slimiest, you could barely hold on to them. They're ugly looking fish. So the first time I caught it, I'll be honest with you, I was scared Chris to death of it. I'm like, man, this thing, what is this, a prehistoric fish? And the first thing I wanted to do was what? Discard of it, throw it away because of its looks, its appearance, it's slimy, it's a mess. And so I had all these preconceived ideas about what this fish was all about. But isn't that sometimes what we do? We're selective in our fishing, but we're also selective with people. And here's another one that we don't like to, like to affiliate with, is the shark. And why, well, there's, a, there's the Wisconsin shark. The, that's Jeremiah showing off his musky, amen? But that's the Wisconsin shark. But here's the real shark. And when we see the shark, what, what all of a sudden comes to people's minds? We're afraid of their bite. So we're afraid of the bite of the shark because they can hurt us. And so because of the shark's bite, what do we do is we swim away from them. We get out of the water immediately when they say shark or they sound the alarm or they blow a, 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 a siren. We run because of the fear of what a shark can do to you. And a lot of times that's what happens with people that we have labeled people as sharks. And so because of that, we have repelled ourselves from the sharks. We stay away from the carps, the dogfish, and the sharks. But in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20, Jesus is calling ordinary people. How many of you know that God can take ordinary and make it extraordinary? God doesn't look for ability. He looks for availability. God said, listen, I don't care if you're not available, you don't have ability, but what I look for you is I look for you to make yourself available, and when you make yourself available, then I'll give you the ability to do that which I call you to do. And here was these fishermen. They were ordinary people that God made extraordinary. They were masters at their craft. Here today, we have probably people that are maybe are mechanics. We have here today, probably in our midst, maybe they're carpenters. Maybe you have people here today that are maybe great on computers. If you're anything like me, I am not computer savvy. Not at all, period, point blank. I don't even really know how to turn the thing on. Amen? And so maybe you got some kind of special trait. Maybe you went to school. Maybe there's a doctor here today. Whatever your trait is or your occupation. But here Jesus was calling these people that had a trait. And their trait was fishermen. They were today the Bass Pro Fisher. They were the Bass Pro Fishermen that, man, people looked up to that were all maybe in magazines today. And here's what he said. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. See, they, they were just ordinary people on an ordinary day. But how many know that God can take your ordinary day and turn it into an extraordinary day? If God can come, get this, if God can come in the twinkling of an eye, 
And he can come that soon. You know what? He can change your circumstances in the twinkling of an eye. God can change your situation. Maybe right now you're heading down a wrong path. Maybe something's happening in your life that you're saying, God, I need your help. You know what? God, all he has to do is come in that second. And he can change it in that moment. And he says, listen, he said, they were casting a net into the lake. But watch this. For they were fishermen. That was their occupation. That was their trait. They were professionals at their their occupation. Randy, they knew what they were doing. They were the best of the best. That was their DNA. That was in their generation from generation to generation. They grew up there. Grandfather was that. Have you ever said this? Your occupation of what you are now is because my grandfather was that. My dad was that. So I'm going to be just like my father. And I'm carrying out the tradition. That was the same way there. They were carrying out, Janet, the traditions of their grandfather, their father, and now them. It was in from generations to generation. If I would have a showing of hands, some of you may be doing the same job your great-grandfather did, your grandfather did, and your dad did. If I've asked for a show of hands, I bet some of you are doing that. It's because you're following tradition of what you know that was comfortable to you, right? It was in your family. My kids are all in ministry. What are they following? They're following after their dad. They're following after their mom. They followed after what they saw me and Cheryl do, that we are in ministry, and now they're in ministry. They follow the same occupation, and a lot of times that's what happens. So here's what they say. They were fishermen. But Jesus said, come. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for men. Do you know that Jesus says, Many times through the word. There's three times that Jesus really says come. He says, come all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So he wants us to come. So he says, I want you, Deb, to come. If you're tired and you're weary, come, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace, and I will give you strength. You know what another time he says? It says, now watch this. It's taking care of your physical needs. He says, come, and I will give you rest. Then he says, come and dine at the table, and I will provide for you. When he says to come and dine at the table, that means he's going to take care of, once again, your physical needs. He's going to take care of your physical needs. So he says, you come, all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come and dine at the table for me. But after he prepares you physically, spiritually, mentally, all these things, guess what he does then? He says, now I prepared you spiritually, physically, and mentally. Now come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Because you're prepared physically, you're prepared spiritually, you're prepared emotionally. Now I'm going to send you and come and help you to become fishers of men. You see, God will never guide you where he can't provide for you. God will always give you the ability to that which he's calling you to do. He's not going to leave you empty-handed. A lot of times people will not do certain things because of the fear of the unknown. I don't know it. And because I don't know it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not trained. And because I'm not trained, I'm not going to do it. That's not in my job description. But how many of you know that when Jesus came on the planet, he shattered all our job descriptions? He just calls us to come. He just calls us to go. And you know what he says? Come follow me. You know, the Bible says, he wants to follow after me, must take up his cross and do what? Follow me. Do you ever realize that when he says to take up your cross, just what he's saying, he's saying, lay it down before me. 
Lay it down. In other words, lay your life down for me. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, that I die daily, brothers. I mean that. That's what he says. I die. You have to die. Now get this. You have to die so that he can live. John the Baptist says, I decrease so that you may increase. So you have to empty out yourself, not my will be done, but your will be done. And when you do that, you decrease. He increases in your life and gives you or equips you to do that which he's called you to do. Amen? So he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And he goes on to say, at once they left their nets and followed him. If you have your Bibles, you need to underline that at once. Notice what they did. They didn't sit there and reason. They didn't sit there and make excuses. They didn't sit there and say, I'm not trained. I don't have the ability. I can't do this. Ask someone else to do it, just like Moses did. Send my brother Aaron. I can't talk. And he angered with God, argued with God, and God's anger burned against Moses. You know what? They left their nets immediately. They didn't sit there and say, wait a minute, let me scratch my head. Let me, let me weigh out the consequences. What's in this for me? How much skin do I have to give in doing this? They didn't sit there and reason together. Why do you think Jesus says to come unto me as little children and do them no harm? Because little children never stop and weigh the consequences. They just react. When they go to a stove, you and I know that if they touch it when it's hot or the burners, they're going to get burned. But a little kid, do they really know that? They don't know that. It's because they don't stop and weigh the consequences. They just react. And Jesus wants us to be like that little child. Rick, that we just come in obedience to him. That I'm going to follow you, God, and I'm not going to sit here and question you just like we question our spouses. Honey, are you sure you want to do that? Yes. Well, why? Because I said so. And we go back and forth, back and forth. Before you know it, you don't do anything because you're in a fight like this, right? And then you go to your separate corners and you pout. Somebody says, oh, I heard an amen. Can I get another one? Amen. But you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we do that with God. So watch this. Now get this now. you got to stay on to that. Remember that thought in your, in your mind. As Jesus was walking beside him, go ahead. At once they left their nest and followed him. Go ahead and change it. No, not there. Next verse. Back up. We got a new guy on the thing. He really is. He's just new. First time today. You got it? I thought I was going to go there. I get it. That's all you, well, yeah. okay, we must have lost it. Amen. But anyways, he says, where am I at? He says here, now watch this. He says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets. And then what happened is they left their nets and they followed the Lord. And if you look at your notes, watch this. Jesus didn't call us to be selective fishermen when it comes to people. Did you hear that? Jesus, Randy, didn't call us to be selective in our fishing when it comes to people. Let me ask you something. When you go fishing, when you throw that, water, that, that line in the water and you got your bait on there and you got your bobber on there, like I'm, I'm one of those bobbers. Man, I can't feel fish. I like to see it. So I like to have a bobber. That's why I gave you a bobber in a moment. We're going to use it. That way I know I got a fish. But let me ask you something. Do you really know what fish you're gonna, is going to bite on that line before it bites? You really don't know what's on there and what's going to bite on that line until basically until you reel it in or if it flies up in the, out, of the air, out of the water and you can say, oh, it's a northern, oh, it's a muskie. But you really don't know what's going to bite. And do you really get mad like, oh, man, why did that stupid fish have to bite on my line? We're just out there trying to catch a fish. 
the thrill of catching the fish. And what Jesus is saying is he doesn't want us to be selective. Jesus called us to fish regardless of color, looks, and whatever they have done or didn't do. Jesus calls us to do that. He didn't want us to look about what they look like. And a lot of times we, are, we approach people this way. Oh, man. Becca's pretty. She's got her makeup on. She's dressed sharp. Her hair looks good. She's got earrings on. She, oh, I can, I can deal with her. And so a lot of times what we do is we judge people by their appearance, by their looks, by their acts, and how they dress, maybe what they drive, by their occupation. But Bible says, now get this, Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And a lot of times we are selective in who we are going to fish because do they line up to my standards? Do they fit in my fishbowl? Do they understand me? Do they act the same way? Do they have the same interests? Man, and so we are selective in our fishing. And Jesus doesn't want us to be the selective. Jesus, now get this, Jesus wants us to be soul-searching people. It's the soul, it's the heart, it's the spirit that's in the person that makes the difference with Jesus. It doesn't matter what color, creed, or whatever you are, Jesus says, go and make disciples. He didn't say be selective. You see, listen, a lot of times we fish for people who know, uh, like us, or who we know, like us, or love us, who accept us, and don't reject us. How many know that's true? I feel if you're a salesperson here today and you are in sales, let me tell you, God bless you. Sometimes the rejection that you might face, man, having doors slammed on your face and people promising to come back and they never come back, man, can you imagine that? Wow, talk about rejection. That'd be, that'd be horrible sometimes. You see, we stay away from people who maybe hurt us, who are the sharks in your life who may have taken a bite out of you, and so therefore they've taken a bite out of you, what do you do? Oh, man, you're only coming this close. Man, uh-uh, you're a shark. I'm not talking about the shark tank on, on TV. I like watching that too, amen? I'm not talking about that. When they walk into the, they got those four judges, and they're going to try to either get on team with you, and then they rip you apart. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sharks that maybe you were once friends with, that they bit you. See, I've always remembered this. Bitterness doesn't hurt the one who causes it as much as the one who harbors it. And if you're walking around with unforgiveness and resentment, guess what it's doing? It's eating the inside up of you. You see, so listen, we stay away from people who maybe hurt us, who don't look right, act right, or even smell right. Right? But Jesus said, I'm sending you out to fish for people. You see, Jesus didn't say who looks good, who dresses right, who drives the right car, who looks, like all, who looks for all types of people, and we should as his followers. That's what Jesus said. Are you a selective fisherman? You see, when I meet with people and I see you on Wednesdays or, or today, I have three motives in mind. Every time I see you, and I pray that I always do this in one form or another, and that is to challenge you, to encourage you, and to inspire you. You know what I'm doing today? I'm challenging you. And the challenge is stop being selective in who you're fishing for. You know, when I, when I was uh, uh, going to North Central, I didn't know how to preach, and I still don't know how to preach, but I, I, I really didn't. And I, what I did is I started a uh, nursing home ministry. 
And when I started the nursing home ministry, I had first to start out one uh, nursing home that I was going to. And I would go there every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, I'd go to this nursing home. And before you knew it, I was now doing seven nursing homes. And it was so funny. No matter how I preached and how bad I preached, every once in a while, I'd get an amen. And it didn't care how I sounded and what I didn't sound like. They couldn't hear me anyways. But it was really cool because, man, I got a chance to practice on them. All right? They were my guinea pigs. But you know one thing that I learned? That after speaking to them and being with them, I got a chance, Quinn, just to rub shoulders with them. And, you know, sometimes we bypass the gray heads. But you know what? I found out that, Michael, in meeting with the gray heads, you know what was so cool? I found out that they were some that were like living history books. That every person that I would talk to, every person that I would sit down with, you know what? They all had a different story. And finding the different story, it was so cool. I could connect with them. I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you did this. Well, you know what the response was sometimes? Nobody ever asked. And you know what? That's what happens a lot of times. Nobody ever asks. Can I ask you a question? How many people have really come up to you and asked you about you? If we are believers, how can they believe that they have not heard? We have a responsibility to tell others about Jesus. And how can they believe that they have not heard? The Bible says in Romans 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What is the good news? The good news is that Jesus set me free, and free indeed I am. And the same Jesus that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in me, as Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 10. That same Jesus now lives in me can also live in you if you accept them in your heart. But how can they believe if they have not heard? How can they believe if the uglies or the dogfish or the carp never get an opportunity to hear but only the beautiful ones? What's going to happen in heaven? Do you think it's all going to just be the pretty ones? You see, God doesn't look at what we look like. God looks at the heart. And we are his hands and his feet extended that God is saying, go be fishers of men. There are people out there dying. There are people out there are hurting. This last Thursday, I had an opportunity to go to the all-day prayer meeting at the, at the courthouse. And Judge Melissa, man, she did an incredible job. But you know what she said? She said that every day, every day, she says she has 11 cases every day, every day. 11 cases on meth amphetamines. She said that Eau Claire and all the rest, the graph is about right here, mid-range. She said mid-range right there. But she said, what are we in? Dan what Scott County? Is this Scott County? What are we in? Burnett County. Scott County is where I used to be. But she said in Burnett County, she said the average is right here. But she said Burnett County is that far away and that far off the charts with methamphetamines. She said she has to every day take kids out of people's homes because of the methamphetamine. She said to us, all those people that were there, she right out said, we need your help. And if that's the world that we live in, people, we got good news. And the good news says Jesus sent his son and he died for us that he shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. How can they hear if they have not heard? Why are we sitting on our blessed assurance? Jesus is mine. Jesus is all of ours. And Jesus has called us to be fishers of men, not to be selective of men. When I, when I was a kid, I used to go smelt fishing. How many of you have ever been smelt fishing? 
Isn't that fun? I, I love it. It's, it's crazy. I, I had some smelt Friday night, and uh, so it reminded me of the story. That's why I'm bringing it up. But we went smelt fishing, and it's so fun smelt fishing. When you pull the net up, guess what? You never know what's going to be inside that net. You just pull it up, and it could be a trout in there. There could be a crab in there. It could whatever. You know what? But when, when it comes up, for whatever reason, whatever reason, when it comes to the top and you see a bunch of smelt in there, you don't yell out smelt. Smelt! You yell out tuna. Tuna! I don't know why that is. There's smelt, but we yell out tuna. But here's the object. The object is when you catch the first load of smelt. They're full of eggs, right? So the object is this. You got to be courageous. You got to be a fisherman. You got to be a man. So you take one of those smelt. They're alive. They're slimy. And you take it and you bite off the head. And the eggs just go whoop, all over your face. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. But you're a man. If you think you're a man, you will squeeze it with your hand. Amen. And so here it is. And you got all these. But you know what? When you pull up the net, Rebecca, you, you don't know what you're catching in that net. It's the same way when you are fishers for men. You don't know what's going to come in your way, but you have to seize the moment. Galatians, uh, Colossians chapter 4, it says, Be wise in the way you act. Make the most of every opportunity. You never know the other opportunity that's going to come your way if you don't seize the moment now. God says, seize the moment. Seize the moment. Take advantage of the opportunity. There are a lot of people that are hurting. Aren't you glad that someone told you? I'm so glad that someone told me. It took me out of my drug-infested world. It took me, Andy, out of my alcoholic state. It took me out of that. It's because someone told me, and I'm so glad that someone told me, Larry, about J-E-S-U-S. -S. He's my reason for living, and because now I'm living, now I got a reason for living and now my reason for living is to tell others about who he is whoo and I got saved to the bone it was a Sunday morning 1034 I woke up late on my kitchen floor from partying last night again had a face today with a head of pain I fumbled around with my TV set to catch a flick and tried to forget I tuned down this black evangelist who preached the word with a funky twist you don't know none of that. His choir began to groove and shout. I hopped in my car, went to check it out. I got there late as, oh, man, I got there late. Uh, I forgot the rest. <laughs> now I got it. Was a big soul brother with a hand of glove. He reached out to shake with a hand of love, his hand as big as a boxing glove. He said these words. Are you saved? Saved. Saved from the power of sin. I said, saved. He said, saved. He said, saved from the power of sin. I said, I felt my feet shut down the aisle as sinners marched down single file. And something drove me to my knees like a divine electricity. And I said these words out loud. I am saved. <laughs> Amen. But somebody had to tell me. And the point is this, guys, listen. The Bible says in Daniel, get this in your heart. The Bible says in Daniel that those that win souls will shine like the stars forevermore. My wife and I watch this show. Maybe you've seen it on TV. Love at first sight. Married, married at first sight. Ever watch that? Married at first sight. Did you ever watch that? We watched that, and the other day, uh, what happened was it was their last, the last episode before they either decide to stay married or not. And maybe you don't like it or not, whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is this. One of the ladies, one of the girls in the show, you know what she did, Steve? One of the girls in the show, the show, her boyfriend, husband, whatever, you know what she did? 
she brought a star. Randy, she brought a star. So, so what happened was when they gave their last gifts together, the last episode, you know what she did? She presented them with their certificate of buying this star. And you know what? It was so cool. They went outside and they said, see where it was on the diagram? And they had a certificate of saying it and the whole works. They said, that's our star right there. And you know what? They were gazing. It reminded they were gazing in the sky looking at the star. But just think, Steve, you are a star. A star for Jesus. And the more you win to the Lord, the brighter your star becomes. The brighter it becomes for Jesus. Those that win souls will shine like the stars. You see, listen, i got to move on, but Jesus didn't look at how they dress. In, the eyes God, uh, in God's eyes, people are not broke down by color, looks, occupation. We are all in one God. You Maybe you're tried fishing for someone who is hurt and not going to church anymore, and you caught nothing, so you just gave up and trying to reach out to them again. You just gave up. Maybe you said, man, three strikes, they're out. You know what? In God's timetable, God doesn't play baseball. God doesn't play baseball. And what happens is we got the baseball mentality. I went to them once. I went to them twice. Three strikes, they're out. I ain't going back. Whoever said God played baseball? He created baseball. He's the umpire that calls the balls and the strikes, but he, didn't cre he doesn't call strikes in your life. He doesn't say three strikes, you're out. God says, get back in the box again. Swing again. Keep going. Keep going until you win them to Jesus. Can you imagine if somebody had three strikes with you? Some of us were hardheads. I mean, we can relate to what I'm saying. It had to be numerous people telling me about Jesus. Some of you probably took a, a millennium until you got to know Jesus. Right? Listen. Or maybe you've been hurt by them, and you don't want to get hurt again, so you don't want to try again. That shark bit you. Man, you burn me once, you ain't burning me twice. You mess with me, you mess with fire. You mess with fire, you get burnt. You ain't doing that again. So we got people in our categories. These are a safe zone. Man, these are mediocre people. These are ones you don't touch. Can't touch this. You know. Or maybe you have unforgiveness towards them, so you want nothing to do with them. You see, we're in a series in, uh, on Wednesday nights called Grace. You know what grace is? Grace is summed up in three words, love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And if you do those three things, guess what's going to follow you? Favor. You know, if you have an eight-cylinder car and two of the cylinders aren't working on the car, guess what? It's going to backfire. It's going to have no acceleration. It's not going to have any power because you're only running on six cylinders. And what happens is you like the love. Man, everybody likes to be loved. We want to feel the whole, the whole koodles. We want to feel the goosebumps. We all want to be accepted. But what we don't like to do is we don't like to forgive. We want to be forgiven. We want to be for. Hey, man, you should forgive me. Hey, after all, I, I've asked for repentance. You, you, you're supposed to forgive me. And we want to be forgiven, but we don't want to forgive. We want people to write off our, our sins. We want people, Janet, to forgive us. But when it comes for us to forgive them, no, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. And then what we do? We're like, I heard it through the grapevine. It goes all over. Man, she hurt me. He hurt me. She hurt me. Man, did you know, Steve, that Quinn hurt me? And you know what it does? 
it gets us all caught up in a net. And then we try to get out of that net because we told everybody about our hurt. But God wants us to forgive. Aren't you glad that you were forgiven? You see, listen, i got to move real quick as we close. In Luke chapter 5, here's a great example. Luke 5, verse 1 through 9. Where's your, good, Beck, go ahead. In Luke 5, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake, of, however you say that word, I'm a butcher, so I, so that, I butchered that one. That's a prime rib right there. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word, to the word, to the word of God. Why does he say distinctly the word? Because faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What was my challenge today to inspire you, to challenge you? The word, the word, the word. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word, the word of their testimony. I'm praying that I'm getting through to you. I'm praying it's not going through one ear and out the other, but we will put feet under our faith. And we'll act it out, the word. Dear God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, watch this, the professional fisherman. He said, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Look at what Simon or Peter's response was. Simon said, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Can you imagine the embarrassment, the shame of professional fishermen coming home empty-handed? Man, what a disgrace. Man, you're supposed to take care of the family. You dads, maybe sometimes you get a paycheck and you feel like you can't take care of the bills and you're like, man, I did all I can. God, what? You stand your supply. Lord, some of you are staying awake at night and you can't sleep because, man, your financial pressure or, or situations that are going on. God, can you imagine these guys? Think about it for a moment, guys. The reality of it was these were professional fishermen. But, but, because you said so, I will let down the nets. How I many you know to obey is better than a sacrifice? Obedience brings blessings. Disobedience brings curses. God, I don't understand it. These are sharks that bit me. God, these are people that hurt me. These are people that said things about me. These are people that did the, but God, because you said so, you said so. Not my wife when she was elbowing me telling me to forgive my dad. No, not her. You. When God speaks, we need to be like E.F. Hutton and listen. Because you said so. When they had done so, I watched the blessings that came. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in from the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats to the full that they began to sink. <laughs> Watch this. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. Watch what he said. 
I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of all the fish they had taken. Why? Because he did it again. He did it again. He did it again. He did it again. Chris, he did it again. He didn't stop. He didn't give up. He didn't throw in the towel when he came up empty-handed. And some of you, you come up empty-handed and you quit. And God said, it's time you need to do it again. Do it again. Don't make sense, God. Do it again. But God, do it again. It doesn't make sense. Do it again. It doesn't make Do it again. You see, that's what God is saying. Do it again. Do it again. God doesn't play baseball. He doesn't count you out. He counts you in. You're chosen by God. You are his holy people, a people belonging to God. You're on the winning team. You're never out. You always win. But you have to jump in. You have to find out. You have to jump out to find out. You have to step in to win. As I close, oh, these trained fishermen who caught nothing talk about feeling worthless, embarrassed, shameful, and useless. You see, listen, you never, never know this could be the catch you're waiting for, for delivering. If you try again, if you try again. Maybe it's for your mom and your dad. You need to try again. Maybe it's for your brother, your sister, your uncle, your friend. You need to try again to lead them to the Lord. Maybe, maybe it's for people who left the church, who left the church, who left the church, who left the church. That we need to bring back here. If we've hurt somebody, it's your obligation to go to them and say, listen, I want you back in this church. We're a family, and a family that stays together and prays together is a family that praises the Lord together, and God begins to move. You see, a lot of people think it's just the pastor's job. No, it's your too. You will never know if you don't try again. Let down your nets again. Let down your nets. Number one, don't wait for the big one. The small ones are important too. Go after it. Don't wait for the one who looks and acts like you. Go after it. Don't wait for the acceptance of the welcome letter to invite you in. Go after it. Be obedient to the call of God and watch what happens. I close with this story. Maybe you saw, and please keep this confidential, but I want to share with you about something that is just really incredible to me. It's, I've established a friendship with this, with this individual. How many of us go to the poor house and make it a rich house, amen? We go to the poor house to eat, and because you go there and eat, you're making it a rich house, amen? Anyways, when you go into the poor house and you come to the door right there on the left-hand side, back as soon as you come in, Jason, there's always a gentleman that's sitting there. He looks like he plays for ZZ Tops. He's got the long gray beard, the gray hair, skinny. You know what his name is? His name is John. And he's not the most delightful guy. Matter of fact, when you go close to him, his hands are always dirty. He smells. But one day I walked in there, and I was with my staff. I kid you not, I was with my staff. And God just said, go, go and talk to him. So I went and sat down at the booth, and when I sat down, he, he kind of looked at me like startled, like, are you, are you really going to talk to me? So I sat down and started talking to him. And before you know it, I love to tell my story. I was learning history. Here this man is a guy that worked on the space shuttle. He's like an engineer, a brilliant, brilliant mind. And I thought, man, I would have never known. I was judging him by his appearance, and because of his appearance, he didn't line up to what I, my standards were. And when I sat down with him, it was amazing. But on this table 
the booth, he had all these rings. And I'm like, what? What are you doing with all these rings? He said, I, I make rings. He said, that's what I do. He said, I, I buy the, the, the ring itself. And he said, I cut them and I design them and I do all these things. He said, you like them? I said, yeah, they're great. And, and he had one there with a black shield on it with a cross. It's up by my headboard right now by my bed. He said, well, try it on. I put it on. It was a little bit big for me. He said, that's okay. Keep it. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a new one like that. He said, you just keep that as a promise ring. Me and him are married. A promise ring. Did you get that? You didn't get that grace. My grace is sufficient for you. Amen. He said, uh, you keep that as a promise ring. He said, I'm going to make you one. And you know what? Now, since we broke the ice, guess what he does? Every time we go in there with our staff, guess who's the first one at our table? How you doing, Pastor CJ? You see, you never know until you go. You know what goal stands for? Here's what goal stands for. Goal stands for God on. Go. Every time you read the word go in your Bible, God on. I'm going to God on for him. I'm going to go. And he's calling us to make disciples go. Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Take out your bobbers now as we close. This bobber today is not some cute little trinket. This bobber today is to remind you of your lake. Of your lake. That every time you see this bobber, what lake do you need to be fishing in? What pool of people do you need to fish in? Whose lives do you need to change? You see, we at Adventure Church, and if you have it on the screen, we at Adventure Church, you know what our model is? This. Adventure Church doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, or who you are. You're loved at Adventure Church. Adventure Church is about caring, sharing, and growing in life together. That's what we're all about. Folks, I want to just encourage you. My challenge to you today, go fishing. Find your lake. Find your lake, guys. What are you waiting for? God wants to beam you up, Scotty. He wants you to shine like the stars. There's somebody at your work. There's somebody in the grocery store. There's somebody at the gas station. Wherever, there's someone that you can fish in that lake. And God said, will you be my hands and my feet? Extend it. Now, take the bobber in your right hand. I want to pray over you. Father, this bobber represents souls. This bobber represents people's hearts. This bobber represents people that need to know you as Jesus. Every time we look at this, Lord, I pray that we'll be reminded of the lakes that are around us. Lord, even like Judge Melissa said, or that there's so much methamphetamine here that it, it's off the charts. There's a lot of people that are dying, but they're dying because they have not heard. So, Father, as we hold this bobber in our hand, Lord, may we even think of someone right now that we can win for Christ, that we can win for the Lord. May we not sit back in our blessed assurance that Jesus is mine, but may we do something for the cause of you, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful church. Thank you for these believers. Bless them and meet their needs. Go with them today. And may the best man and the best woman catch the biggest fish like Lauren did. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We here at Adventure Church would really love to hear from you. You can connect with us online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren 
or check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.